Patreon. This is DeVillePod.com. The Week in Georgia. In English, coming to you from sunny, beautiful San Francisco, California. Today is Thursday, the 29th of March, 2018. On this date, in 845, Vikings sacked Paris on Easter Sunday, only to leave after being paid about 2,570 kilos of gold and silver by Charles the Bald. Pretty much Kim's plan with Trump. 1430, the forces of Sultan Murad II stormed Thessaloniki, defeating the Venetians and capturing the city for the Ottoman Empire. 1847, the United States forces led by General Winfield Scott take Veracruz after a siege. 1951, Ethel and Julius Rosenberg are convicted of spying on the U.S. and leaking nuclear secrets to the Soviet Union. 1990, the Czechoslovak Parliament attempts to end the hyphen war over the country's name. Not a lasting solution when they go for the hyphen, hyphen unlike the Slovaks. 2004, Bulgaria, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Romania, Slovakia, and Slovenia join NATO. 2010, 40 people are killed by suicide bombers in the Moscow Metro. 2017, the UK invokes Article 50, beginning the formal process of Brexit. Birthdays are Georgian Russian Soviet secret police chief Skuzbal Laurentiveria in 1899. See the death of Stalin if you have not already. He's the main character and it's just unbelievably excellent. Also the American founder of Walmart, Sam Walton in 1918. I'm your host Mark Mullen. If you'd like to comment on the forum or ask us whatever question you want, go to tvilpod.com or send us an email at tvilpod, at gmail.com. We will not identify you if you email us, unless you want us to. Parliament rejected a mandatory gender quota bill for soccer bulos in Parliament last Friday. The bill had been submitted to Parliament by a coalition on international, of international and local NGOs with 37,000 signatures and was endorsed by three parliamentary committees, Prime Minister Georgi Kvitikashvili, Parliamentary Chairman Irakli Kobachidze, and a number of foreign diplomats. However... Some Otsneba MPs were opposed to the bill. For example, Dmitry Kundadze thought reserved seats would be an insult, and I'm quoting, an insult for ladies since they have all the resources to enter parliament when they are, and here it's really a quote, politically ready, end quote. And they should be chosen based not on gender, but intelligence and experience. Dmitry Kundadze, the well-known moron. The bill received 66 votes, 10 short of the 76 needed a pass. Kobachidze announced that there were differences on certain details, but another bill would be proposed this week with the same basic goal, 25% women in Parliament after the next elections, 33% by 2024. Currently only 24 out of 150 members of Parliament are female, 16%. Parliament also passed more amendments to the Constitution to incorporate Venice Commission recommendations into the recent amendments. The amendments, to the, the, the amendments to the amendments allow parties to form electoral blocks for the 2020 elections to get rid of the bonus system, thank heavens, for redistributing votes from parties that don't meet the 5% threshold, which was just a way to move votes to the ruling party um, in the current setup. They will be evenly redistributed instead the way they are everywhere else in the world. A new document also specifies when freedom of religion can be restricted and adds details to the selection related to constitutional court, access to public information, and definition of social state. Talk about the right of education, academic freedom. After it passes, Kvitikashvili said, quote, From this day on, the country has a 
flawless constitution, which on the one hand ensures stability and pluralism, and on the other hand ensures against adequate concentration of power in the hands of one force, hence eliminates the possibility of autocracy, end quote. Uh-huh. The head of the National Agency for Public Registry of the Ministry of Justice, Papuna Ugrahelidze, resigned this week following sexual harassment allegations from a former employee. Apparently, the public defender instigated the case last May and found evidence of harassment, but the accuser was criticized for spreading information about the case and was encouraged to downplay it by Justice Minister Ted Zulukiani. Ugrahelidze claims that it's just revenge that the victim, uh, the alleged victim, is only coming forward now because her husband was recently fired from the ministry. However, at least one other identified woman who has also accused him of harassment through the Georgian Young Lawyers Association, which has started proceeding against um, related to discrimination, sexual misconduct, has come forward. Also, Zvia Debdadiani, the activist and head of Rustavi's civil development agency, that was accused of sexual harassment and assault by at least 10 women last week, has resigned from the agency. The board of the Civil Development Agency released a statement condemning all forms of harassment and violence, noting that the accusations cast a shadow not only on organizations, but on civil society as a whole. Despite the fact that no women have gone to the police, the Interior Ministry has begun an investigation, and some of the current, currently anonymous accusers are considering taking Dev Dadiani to court. Archil Tatunashvili's mother, Rusudan Tatunashvili, told TV Pirveli that her son's body showed signs of being brutally tortured and that there was a gunshot wound in his head. People present at the forensic examination of his body have also said that there were signs of torture, but this is the first report of a gunshot wound. Georgia expelled one staff person from the Russian interest section of the Swiss Embassy in Tbilisi today, condemning the use of chemical weapons in the Salisbury attack in the UK. The person was given seven days to leave Georgia. 28th of March was the first anniversary of visa-free travel for Georgians in the Schengen Zone. Over 250,000 Georgians have traveled to Europe in the last year. The officials, including Prime Minister Kvitikashvili, Parliamentary Speaker Kobachidze, Foreign Minister Janelidze, released statements to commemorate the day and to warn against visa waiver abuse. Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko visited Georgia last week, met with President Mark Vilashvili, Patriarch Ilya II, Prime Minister Kvitikashvili, Lukashenko also, uh, and officials traveling with him signed over a dozen agreements, memorandum of cooperation with various officials. Defense Minister Levani Soria is in Montenegro this week, where he discussed defense cooperation with Montenegrin Defense Minister Predag Bosevich. They also met with President Filip Vanjovic and Foreign Minister Dadamovic. Minister of Foreign and European Affairs of Luxembourg, John Asselborn, met with, uh, sorry, uh, Jean Asselborn, um, met with uh, Foreign Minister John Elidze in Tbilisi this week, where they talked about European and NATO integration, economic cooperation. He also met with Mark Velashvili, uh, Chugoshvili, and Fidikashvili. Speaker of the Jordanian House of Representatives, Atef Tarwane, released a letter this week saying that despite the early March visit of three Jordanian MPs to Abkhazia, Jordan fully respects Georgia's sovereignty and territorial integrity. He stressed that the MPs were there in their personal capacity, though they met with Abkhaz President Raul Khajimba, Parliamentary Speaker Valeri uh, Kvarchia, and Economy Minister Adgur Adzimba. The visit followed uh, 
a visit last August by Abkhaz investment agency head Simon uh, Agrba to Amman, where he purportedly met with Taraune. Uh, Taraune, yeah. Uh, Irakli Kobachidze led a parliamentary delegation to the 138th Assembly of the Interparliamentary Union of Geneva, Switzerland this week. While there, they met with uh, officials from Austria, Bolivia, China, Germany, Indonesia, Japan, Morocco, Qatar, uh, Singapore, South Africa, Suriname, Thailand, and Vanuatu. Last week, Russian Deputy Foreign Minister Grigori Karasin announced that the participants in the Geneva International Discussions were close to adopting a joint non-use-of-force statement. A few days later, Georgian Foreign Ministry officials announced that the negotiations were not over, though some progress had been made in the year or year in, in a half. The United Nations Movement, the United National Movement official, accused the government of enabling the Russian Federation to use the document for propagandistic purposes, while a European Georgia MP said that it was unclear how Georgia benefited and that the long-term effects would harm the country's national interests. Archil Tatunashvili, who was killed in South Ossetia in February, was buried at a military cemetery outside of Tbilisi this weekend with full military honors. United States budget signed on the 23rd includes once again a provision for forbidding aiding governments that recognize Abkhazia and South Ossetia. These governments include Russia, Nicaragua, Venezuela, and Nuaru, the breakaway government of Transnistria, the Artsakh Republic, and the Sarawi Arab Democratic Republic, um, which for all practical purposes has now been enveloped into uh, Morocco. Um, they also recognize South Ossetia and Abkhazia. The two regions mutually recognize each other. Six people associated with the March of Georgians' attack on Rustaviyoti journalists last week have been sent to pretrial detention by the Tbilisi City Court on charges of premeditated group hooliganism. One is also charged with property damage, another with inflicting light bodily injury. The defense plans to challenge the detention, and the trial is scheduled for the 8th of May. Early this week, a small group of media representatives rallied in support of former Georgian public broadcaster staffer Mamuka Berzinashvili after he was sentenced to eight years in prison after being found carrying two grams of MDMA. A few days later, the NGO coalition National Drug Policy Platform released a statement calling for Parliament to support the NGO drafted decriminalization proposal submitted last June, saying that it had been unreasonably delayed. White Noise Movement also released a statement saying that Prime Minister Kvitikashvili had failed in his pledge last year to create a humane and European drug policy. The bill was put on hold this week after an interagency commission recommended a new government draft that would liberalize rather than decriminalize drug policy. The new government bill would only help people found with minuscule amounts of drugs on them, while the NGO bill would prevent people with drugs for personal use from facing extended prison sentences. The Borjomi Sakrebulo has impeached its head, Alliance of Patriots Zaza Chachanidze, following months of discord and weeks of protest. 19 out of 28 council vote, councilors voted to impeach him, including members of his own party. The Alliance of Patriots plans to nominate Deputy Head Georgi Gogicaishvili to the position, although its Neba councilors have not yet said that they will support this move or not. If they nominate an Otsneba councillor successfully, every Sakrabulo in the country will be led by Otsneba. Two people, a Georgian citizen and a Turkish one, have been charged with violating fire safety standards that caused the November fire at Batumi's Leogrand Hotel, where 11 people died. 
The two accused are the technical manager and a person in charge of technical storage. The prosecutor says that storage of easily flammable stuff in a storage room intensified the fire and smoke. The hotel also did not have automatic fire and smoke alarms. If convicted, the two each face five to eight years in prison. A miner died in a tunnel collapse in Chiatuda on the 26th. The trade union of metallurgy, mining, and chemical industry workers says that he was being made to work in a high-risk area. Georgian manganese appears to have only said that more details will be available in the future. Excellent crisis response there, Georgian manganese. The Interior Ministry has begun an investigation into health and safety code violations. Georgian manganese has repeatedly been accused of exploitive labor practices. The death comes at a time of increased conversation about labor safety after strikes by rail workers and controversy over the new labor safety bill adopted by Parliament earlier this month. New Council of Europe report shows that Georgia has the highest incarceration rate in Europe after Liechtenstein, Ukraine, Russia, and Bosnia-Herzegovina with 256 prisoners for every 100,000 people. The report used data from 2015 and 16, also found that the incarceration rate was lower than the previous year. The prisons are not at full capacity, and the average inmate has four square meters of space. 73 inmates are serving life sentences. The average sentence is 16.9 months, higher than the median European sentence of 7.8 months. On the plus side, Georgia ranked fifth lowest in inmate mortality with only 12 registered deaths during the period examined. Kazakh company Kaztrans Gas announced that the subsidiary KTG Tbilisi has been sold to David Berzinashvili, Industrial Group of Georgia, following disagreements with then-Energy Minister Kahi Kaladze in 2015. Kaladze accused the company of not fulfilling contractual obligations after they increased natural gas prices before the 2015 parliamentary elections, while its neighbor was running on a campaign of lower utility prices. Stuff to read. OC Media covered the ongoing search for over 2,000 Georgians and Abkhaz that are still missing from the 92-93 uh, war, how Abkhaz have dealt with their grief from that period. Local organizations like Mothers of Abkhazia have addressed the issue by choosing to celebrate the lives of those they lost rather than mourn forever. And international organizations like the Red Cross have worked as neutral parties to excavate graves and return bodies to their families. Democracy and Freedom Watch wrote about how the status of Georgian as the only official language contributes to the isolation and exclusion of non-Georgian speakers, especially in the Azeri community, and especially with the decrease in Russian, uh, the linguistic barrier between the Azeri, Azeri community and the rest of the country is growing and prevents Azeris from being able to access all of the rights and privileges associated with their citizenship. For example, most documents must be submitted in Georgian, so Azeri struggle to read legislation and submit official complaints, participate in politics, access relevant media, and do other tasks. Civil.ge wrote about how some feminist groups in Georgia marked International Women's Day and about Georgia's feminist heritage. Acti activists from the independent group of feminists led a feminist history tour that stopped in places where feminist writers lived, where female fighters were buried, but they also have expanded their mandate beyond typical feminist issues, whatever that means. They recently toured mining towns in western Georgia and have been working on issues related to the environment and labor. Eurasianet wrote about Iranian tourists in the South Caucasus for Noruz. Hundreds of thousands came last year, 322 in Georgia alone. This year, Iranian and Middle Eastern performers were booked at the Philharmonia 
um, all week, and Iranian families have apparently caused some confusion by taking over some sketchy bars and in trying to order enormous amounts of ice cream. Post Pravda talked briefly to the editor of Danarti, uh, Elena Abashidze, about the magazine, Georgian Visual Culture and Surviving in the 90s in Georgia. She talks about Tbilisi Ezos, or yards, courtyards, uh, Georgian nationalism and mythologizing of the 90s. Very, very interesting article. Take a look. Eurasianet also covered the increasing popularity of Georgian rugby. On the 18th of March, the national team defeated Romania to qualify for the prestigious Rugby Europe Championship, and the team now ranks 12th globally. Funding is increasing, and the country now has 76 rugby clubs. New York Times reviewed Our Blood is Wine, a documentary about post-Soviet winemaking in Georgia. The film features commentary from a sommelier, an archaeologist, an ethnographer, and more, covering a lot of ground in history. The film is apparently at its best when covering Georgia's varied vintners, whose help uh, makes the film tipsy. Uh, and thoroughly charming. Also listen to the soundtrack very carefully by Nino Autoberidze of Chicago, um, a fantastic Georgian musician in the United States. Uh, that from the New York Times. Very, very good job. All that stuff to read is posted on our forum. This week's dive bar number is 300, the weight in kilos of the largest Georgian mountain cow, species endemic to the Caucasus. Some announcements at 6 p.m. on Friday the 30th. There will be an opening ceremony for the juried photo exhibition Georgia-Ukraine-Azerbaijan 2017 at the National Parliamentary Library organized by the Georgian Photographers Association. On the 30th at 7 p.m., the newest issue of the bilingual publication Donarty, Georgia in the 90s, Tips on Survival, will be presented at the Frontline Club in Tbilisi. The issue looks at Georgia's recent history from a number of different perspectives. Also on the 30th at 7 p.m., Tbilisi's Art Palace will host a presentation of a new book, King Erekle in the English and Irish Press. The book includes interesting facts about how Georgia was perceived in the 17th and 18th century Europe, uh, by which they mean the 18th and 19th century Europe, um, around when Erekle was around. At uh, 5 p.m. and uh, on the 31st, Culinary Backstreets is hosting a Georgian tea party at Tbilisi Minimalist. The event uh, includes lessons on how to properly brew Georgian tea and a tasting of several different types. Later on the 31st, Critical Mass Tbilisi will ride starting at 8 p.m. at Rose Revolution Square at the Bicycle Statue. Also on the 31st at 10 p.m., Writer's House in Georgia and Tbilisi host a multi-sensory concert featuring Tableau Vivance uh, of works in uh, Magritte, uh, McGray, Frida Kahlo, and Caravaggio, and the audience will be encouraged to smell, observe, touch, and listen to. Tickets in advance online. Also this weekend, Dog is hosting events in Tbilisi's World Stray Animal Day, including a public walk of shelter dogs, a meetup at Black Dog, and an open shelter day. On the 1st at 9 p.m., experimental songwriter Ani Merime will perform with Zuka Simonishvili and Nika uh, Gabedadze, at uh, Tbilisi's flashback. On the 4th at 7 p.m., RT Gallery in Tbilisi will open Levan Sangulashvili's multimedia show, The Sticks, which will be on display through the 22nd of May. That's it for this week. My Twitter address is at TXTBUK. That's Tango, X-Ray, Tango, Bravo, Uniform, Kilo. Our email is tbilpod at gmail.com or post the form on our website, www.tbilpod.com. 
And we will finish with, from up north in Sheffield, this is Joe Cocker in 1970 with Crimea River.
Absolutely.